Welcome to Igniting Your Faith. At Igniting Your Faith, we strive to motivate listeners toward a full life in Jesus Christ by sharing the love and life-changing force of God's Word. This week, we will dive even deeper into how to love our neighbors. Let's listen and take steps to love. Now here is Dr. Chris Fisher with today's message of powerful truth from God's Word. Last week, we looked at the Lord's command to love our neighbors, including the stranger, but this morning we're going to focus on loving the stranger a little more specifically. Well, we are to show hospitality to strangers. It's a principle of godliness that's in the Bible from the beginning to the end. And we're just going to rehearse that a little bit. Maybe we'll refer back to what Matthew did here as we go along. You know, the Old Testament is filled with examples of hospitality, with accounts of the blessings that come from practicing it, and actually the curses that come from not practicing it. Think about Abraham welcoming the three men in Genesis 18, who turned out to be the Lord and two angels on the way to visit Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham welcomes them in with lavish hospitality, and they end up revealing to Abraham the inner workings of God's counsel as they are prepared to go on to a new mission. In Genesis 19, Lot shows hospitality to the two angels who had come to visit Abraham and who had in turn gone to visit Sodom and Gomorrah to see if they were as bad as the reputation they had that was coming up to heaven to examine those cities. In Exodus 2, Moses shows hospitality to Jethro's daughters by helping them fend off the bully shepherds. And in turn, Jethro welcomes him and gives him his daughter Zipporah as a wife. That turned out to be a pretty good deal. In 2 Kings 4, the Shunammite woman, who is actually not from Israel at all, from a a region uh, north of there, she showed hospitality to the prophet Elisha and was granted a son because of her kindness. Negatively, think about the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, which were burned to ash after they tried to abuse the angels who came to visit those cities to see if they were as bad as they were rumored to be. Think about what happened to those cities. The Ammonites and Moabites refused to help Israel with bread and water on their way up out of Egypt and instead sought to curse them. And for their inhospitality, God said to Israel, they were forbidden to enter the assembly of the Lord to the 10th generation. Think about that. No way to come and become part of God's people because of how hateful they have been and inhospitable. The men of the town of Gibeah in Judges 19 who abused the Levite's wife and their town and allies were all destroyed because of it. In the time of David, Abigail's husband Naboth refused to show hospitality to David and his men, though they had been a wall of protection for him. If not for Abigail's intervention, Naboth's whole household would have been destroyed. Abigail, in going and interceding for them with David, says, My husband is a fool. That's what his name means. And by the way, the word Naboth means fool in Hebrew. My husband's a fool for treating you like this. We know that you guarded our stuff and were watching over us and you never misused us. You always treated us fairly and took care of us. And what was my husband thinking? Accept hospitality at my hands. Naboth had a stroke when he learned how foolish he had been. When Abigail told him, do you know how near death you were because of the way you treated David? He had a stroke, and ten days later he died from it. 
In the New Testament, numerous examples of hospitality are there, from the people who welcomed Jesus into their home, like Zacchaeus and Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, to the various people who welcomed the apostles into their homes when they were on their church planning missions, like the Simon the Tanner welcoming Peter down there at Joppa. And he was up there praying on his roof when God gave him a new vision on reaching the Gentiles, the strangers. Go to Cornelius. To the Philippian jailer who welcomed Paul into his home after he saw the wonders of God shake the prison and set free all those prisoners. And he wondered, how can I be saved? And he welcomed Paul into his home and found salvation, and he and his whole household were baptized. You see, it's our Christian duty to show hospitality to strangers. Now, I know that we live in a culture where we've read a lot of news about bad strangers, right? And, and the, our willingness to go out of our way to show hospitality and love to the strangers has been uh, threatened by that. Because are we not tempted to judge everybody based on what we read about a few bad people? A couple rotten apples out there, and so we think every apple must be rotten. But is that really accurate? Is that true? Is God not able to take care of us? We just heard in one of the scriptures today, if God is for us, who can be against us? How, why should we be afraid of mortal people? Right? I will fear not because God is with me. And we need to have that mentality when we're approaching whoever God lays on our hearts, that God is with us. And if they try to touch us, they're going to be touching the apple of God's eye and they're going to be in trouble for that. So let's leave our safety in his hands and let's show love to those people out there, many of whom who do not know them, know him, like Matthew did, sharing Christ with a stranger on the Appalachian Trail who looked pitiful and looked like he needed God and in fact did need God. And he's willing to go out of his way to bless that young man because of the love of Christ in Matthew. Now, is that love not in all of us? Examine yourself, brothers and sisters. It's our Christian duty to show hospitality to strangers. Romans 12, 13, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. 1 Timothy 3, 2, an overseer. Now, an overseer was sort of, um, in those days, somebody who was a leader in the church. It's a word that's sometimes been, you know, blown up to be bishop, like you got to be an overseer of a huge area. But and remember, the church was small in those early days, and an overseer would have been just somebody who's helping lead the church right there in the local setting. They must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Hospitality is supposed to be part of what the people of God show to others. Hebrews 13, 2, don't forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. What if that was an angel walking down the road, pretending to be pitiful, to see if there's any of God's people nearby who would pass the test of hospitality? Think about it. And, of course, the parable of the sheep and the goats in Matthew 25 lays out hospitality to strangers as a non-negotiable if you want to be a Christian. The king will say to those on his right, Come, you blessed of my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. 
I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty, give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Did you know, Caden, that when your dad welcomed that young man into his car, he was welcoming Jesus into his car? Get it. Get your heads around this, brothers and sisters. He'll say to those on his left, the goats, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they'll answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. They'll go, then they will go away to eternal punishment but the righteous to eternal life. Well, that's heavy, right? Are we letting our fear get in the way of our obedience? Are we letting our judgments and our hatreds and our resentments get in the way of love? Are we goats instead of sheep? And do we want to have that destiny of a goat? Anybody? Who wants to sign up to be a goat? Who wants to get off the goat list? Yeah? Yeah, me too. You know, why do we show hospitality to strangers? In the Old Testament, Israel is told, you show hospitality to strangers because you were a stranger in Egypt. You know what that's like, and you know that was hard. So you, when strangers come in your midst, you show hospitality to them. But in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, much bigger picture. You were a stranger to God, and He welcomed you in. Have you embraced and remembered your strangerness? God welcomed us in Christ when we were alienated from Him, when we were His enemies, when we were thumbing His nose at Him and acting like He was nothing. And He loved us despite that and came in and laid down His life for us and offered Himself to us and all the glorious riches of His salvation, welcoming us into His home, His eternal blessings. You were a stranger. Do you remember that? So many times Christians kind of forget that. We think, you know what, I grew up in the church and I'm a pretty good person and I belong to God and I'm, in the, I'm kind of on the inside track and nobody else is really, you know, they're outsiders, and, and I'm so good, but they're not so good. Are, are you following this set of lies that I'm just laying out here line by line? I want to remind you of the truth, brothers and sisters. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. This is Ephesians 2. When you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, 
all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by object and by nature deserving of wrath. That's our strangerness position. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. You know, this is his marvelous love to make us part of his home when we were strangers. We, all of us, are in some way like that prodigal son who went to the far country and lived apart from God. And at some point, I hope you realize that the far country was a rotten place to be, that feeding the pigs was bad, and you wanted to be home with God. You wanted to go back home and be connected to the Father. You wanted the blessings of being in Christ and God and His love and seated in Christ as a co-ruler with Him that you know and remember your strangerness position and then what it is to be welcomed. That His eye is on you like the sparrow. How many of you are distracted by that sparrow? It's a good reminder that if God, you notice that single sparrow with your eye, God notices you, and you're important to him. So important that if you were the only one in the world who was going to go away to death and hell and destruction, he would have sent his son into the world to die for you. Amen. But thanks be to God, he's got his love for billions, right? But now listen where he goes on with this. Therefore, remember that you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves a circumcision, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship. In... Let me take a drink. <laughs> the spit's overwhelming me. Aren't you glad you're sitting far away? All right. I'm salivating for Christ. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Remember you've been brought near because you were far away. Because you were far away, God loved you, didn't want that, and he brought you near. And so, in the new covenant, we show hospitality because God has welcomed us when we were strangers. And that's non-negotiable. That's not a, well, maybe I should do that. If I am in Christ, I must do that. Because that shows, is one of those signs that I belong to him. So, who's the stranger in your life you need to show hospitality to? I remember as a, a young married couple in when we went to Scotland to, to, for me to study, and we were looking for a church, and we arrived at, uh, well, I explored a couple of different churches. I remember, I've told you this before, I was invisible at one. Nobody noticed me even at the hospitality coffee hour. And uh, by the way, we have one after church today. And we're going to be voting on the floor. I'll just reemphasize what Randy said. We're, uh, trustees are working and putting a new floor down there in Fellowship Hall. And um, there's three different color options we've kind of narrowed it down to. So go downstairs after um, worship this morning and write what's your first choice and your second choice on those colors. You can't miss them unless you're blind. 
So we got to this one church, not too far from where our apartment was, and we got in there, and right away they said, hey, we, we want to take care of your kids. We got a nursery for them. And it was mostly elderly people who were doing that nursery, that they had a heart for the stranger, for the foreigner. Obviously, in Scotland, we were foreigners. I can pretend I have a Scottish accent, but I'm definitely got an American accent. But they welcomed us in, and they took care of our kids. And very soon, the pastor and his wife, Tom and Jenny Johnston, and their four kids invited us over to their home for a meal. And those people became like aunts and uncles to my kids that we are still in connection with today. In fact, just last week, Jenny asked our family to chime in for Tom's 80th birthday and send a video greeting. And we ended up staying at that church, and they became our family over there because of the hospitality and the love of Christ and the truth of Christ, the presence of the Holy Spirit that was there. They took us in and welcomed us. Are we doing the same? Are you doing the same? Now, this doesn't have to be somebody far across the country you show hospitality to. This can be the new person who just moved in down the street from where you're living. Are not signs up for sale all the time? Just down the street from where you live and a stranger comes into your neighborhood and you have the privilege of going to their home and saying, hey, I'm glad you moved in here. Welcome. And here is something I baked. Well, it's COVID, so go to Giant and buy something pre-baked in a package and say, here is something that you can cook that doesn't have any COVID germs on it. <laughs> and show hospitality. And say, hey, by the way, you know, do you have a church that you're going to? Come worship at our church. Or maybe they're not ready for that conversation yet and you're just planting seeds like Matthew was. And you're just saying, hey, I'm glad to meet you and uh, anything I can pray for you about. And they may say, um, no, or they may say, yeah, you know what? I'm going through a heartache that nobody knows about. Would you pray about this? And so begins a friendship for Christ. This is not rocket science, folks. This is so easy. But it means we do have to surrender those fears that were named in Hebrews 13, our fear of people, our fear of the bad guy out there, our, our pride, thinking that we got into God's family because we deserved it somehow. We're by nature objects of wrath. Bye, Sparrow. <laughs> he did his job this morning. God bless him. So I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like giving you a homework assignment to go out and be a sheep this week, right? To renounce the goatee ways, not goatee. <laughs> and to get rid of the fear, the judgments of the stranger, the walls that we automatically put up that say, I'm not going to help them. I don't care about getting to know them. What if they turn out to be such and so in this way and that way? Hey, let God judge that. For you, you represent Christ. You be his ambassador. You be the sheep of his pasture who reflects your shepherd because of the way you live with those strangers in your midst. Not somebody who's far away. You can't do anything to help. Somebody right down the street from where you live. And when they come in here, all right, so don't all tackle them at once. But make sure that any stranger who comes in here feels welcomed and receives the love of Christ. And you know what it also says? Show hospitality to one another. To your brothers and sisters in the faith. Now, that was really last week's message. 
in the week before, but it doesn't hurt to say it again. Invite each other to your homes. Welcome each other. Show that you have Christ in you. He's your hope of glory. And um, accept those invitations. All right, I guess that's about it. Should I add anything else? Did you get the point? Good. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we just want to thank you so much that when we were strangers, you welcomed us in. That you sent ambassadors and messengers so we could hear the gospel. In whatever form they came, people who talked to us individually, maybe somebody who, who paid money to be on TV so they could spread the word of God. Um, maybe somebody in church, a Sunday school class who told us about the love of Jesus, a teacher, a nursery worker. Um, somewhere along the line, we got the good news that Christ died for us and rose again, and all we had to do to be saved and come into your home was believe in him. Respond with obedient faith. We just thank you so much for welcoming us into your home, for washing us clean of our sins, the filthiness of the world, that we are washed clean in the blood of Christ and set free from that so we can live lives of goodness, gentleness, kindness, and mercy with our own wounds bound, bandaged, and healed, hearts filled with the love of Christ, so that we have a gift and a treasure to give others. I want to thank you for Matthew's courage and his trust in you that he's willing to share your word with strangers, plant seeds for the gospel, and trust you with their outcome. We pray that you would multiply that courage in our congregation, Lord, that there might be a stranger right down the street who's going to be our neighbor for the next many years because they just moved in. And to go and represent you to them, welcome them into the community, say we're glad that they moved in, and if they need anything, just let us know. And, and so in a simple way, represent you. And show us how to do that in practice this week. Lord, we are the sheep of your pasture. <sighs> and we're done with those goat-like ways. And maybe somebody today here is realizing, you know what, I'm not really sure I am a, a sheep. I might be a goat. But I want to become a sheep. And I want to put my trust in you today, Jesus. I want my sins washed clean. I recognize that I need you as a Savior. And I recognize you deserve to be my Lord. I surrender to you today. Have your way in me and through me. I give you my fears and judgments of the stranger. Give me your love for them. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Amen. 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 May the joy of the Lord go with you and be your strength. May you have an awareness that he surrounds you with his steadfast love. May he fill your heart with courage and boldness and love. And may you go and be his ambassador. May he make you a blessing in someone's life today, this week, and always. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Igniting Your Faith. Let God's Word empower your life with new growth that encourages everyone you meet. 
Igniting Your Faith is copyrighted and published by Dr. Chris Fisher and First Church, Schuylkill Haven, Pennsylvania. Special piano music played by Cindy McClelland. You can find more information about Dr. Chris Fisher, this podcast, and the church at our website, havenfirstumc.org. We hope you will join us again next week and let God ignite your faith.